Let's make our confession. The word of God is truth. If I live the word, I will be blessed. If I don't, I won't. It's just that simple. Amen. You may be seated, huh? God is good all the time. Thank you. Give Pastor Pam a hand. She does a wonderful job. <laughs> she does a great job. I wanted to read this to you real quick before we begin today. Pastor Stanley sent me a, an email yesterday, and it just said... Uh, he wanted me to share it. It's, it's really written to us as, as the church, not just to me. But it says, on behalf of the Dreamland family, I'd like to thank VCC Lafayette and indeed all the sponsors of the Dreamland children for making it possible yet again for the children to celebrate Christmas and to have much fun. <laughs> we bought three lambs. That is not good news for the lambs. <laughs> They're not putting on a presentation of the gospel and the nativity. But there will be a sacrifice. <laughs> we bought three lambs. Two will be killed at Christmas. Praise God. And the other one, that guy will think he escaped, but he's left for January 1. <laughs> uh, he's going to wonder where his buddies are. Much cookies have been baked. We have assorted uh, candies, drinks, and much more. All the children have new clothes and shoes. They've been rehearsing songs that they're going to present tomorrow at the service. They're going to transport them, and all, they're going to transport all the kids for the main service at uh, Stanley's Church there in town and take them back. This is going to be a great day of family fun. We're trying as much as we can to make the Dreamland a real home. All these would not be possible without your love and uh, your generous giving. Thank you so much and Merry Christmas, uh, Pastor Stanley. So that's for him. Thanks a lot, pal. Yeah. All those years I thought, come on, guy, get it together. <laughs> Surely. <laughs> uh, I just wanted to, to share just a short word with you this morning. You know, as, as, we've, as we have progressed through our, our Christmas season, it's been fantastic. You know, it really has been a wonderful Christmas and a, the, the, the services have been great. And just sharing about the joy and the love and the light and the life of God and that, that Jesus came into this earth to, to, to be those things. And then he seated those or gave those to us in this world and then and then commanded us and kind of commissioned us then to go out into our way and really, truly live our life like Jesus. That he sent us into this world just as he did, you know, the disciples. And last night, as we were talking about lighting candles and and passing the light one to another, it was that idea that there were 12 disciples and then he sent out the 70. Then there were the 120. Then there were 3000 then 5000. The church really began to explode as people began to share what was given to them. And in our lives, I believe that's the case. And as we move into this next year, I'll be sharing a word, not this next Sunday, but the Sunday after. This next Sunday, we've got a great time together, too, at 10. But uh, on, the, on, the, on the 8th, I'll be sharing a word that I believe God's given us in this church for this next season and what really I believe he's, he's about to do. And it has a lot to do with that. See, the book of Acts was an exciting time for the church. It was the church being birthed. And this church has been birthed 22 years ago, a long time ago. The church that you've probably gone to or grew up in was birthed a long time ago. But God is about to do something new, I believe, and we're going to get to be a part of what he's about to do. So we'll talk about that in a couple of weeks. But really, the word I had to share with you today is salvation in the midst of a mess. And really, we look at the world and we think truly that the world is a mess. I mean, we look out there and if, if you're a believer, if you understand the word of God, if you if you know what's even if you don't, you look out there and you know it's a mess. 
not just the systems and not just the things that, that you know, are, are breaking down and falling apart, the mortgages and the loans and all the stuff that's happening financially in this world and, you know, situations with different countries, just governments collapsing and, and things seem to be like just in the, in the in, just almost on the cups of just being uncontrollable out, just people going crazy all over the place. The world really is a mess. What we don't realize is that when Jesus came into this earth, he came into a, to an earth that was a mess. And not only that, sorry, those orphans have got me, man. <laughs> not only that, he was born into a stable and that was a mess. But he came with a purpose and the purpose was to clean up the mess. See, when Adam and Eve sinned, that sin consciousness entered the world. And then everybody that was born after that time was born under the sin consciousness and not under the God consciousness. And so sin was alive and well in the lives of each one of us. And so Jesus had to come to clean that up. He was really, truly the antidote. He was the once and for all sacrifice that was going to take care of sin, death, hell, and the grave so that we could overcome. And we've shared about all those things over the last few weeks. But I'm just going to share a couple of scriptures here with you. And Joseph was being talked to in Matthew in chapter 1. And it says that the angel appeared to him in a dream. And the, and the, and the, the angel said to Joseph, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. Or, which is or, or for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And we shall bring, and, he sh and she shall bring forth a son, and he shall call his, you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. That he came to save us from our sins. When it says that he came to save us, salvation entering the earth, that tells me, that implies really truly that we need help, that we need saving. Why? Because we're in a mess. When you came to Christ, you were a mess. And you may have said, well, I kind of had my act together. Well, you didn't have it all the way together. Because if you had your act together all the way completely, you wouldn't need Jesus. But each one of us came to him because we needed him. We needed Jesus in our lives. The earth needed Jesus. And so God planted him in that place at that time. I shared this on Wednesday night as we talked about peace entering the earth. And if you think about the situation that night, we have, we've kind of, you know, we've kind of made it like a really nice little scene. You know, we've made it like like clean. We've made it real pretty and we've made it, you know, lots of lights. And, you know, we've got we've got, we've cleaned up the whole image because we understand who Jesus is, that he was the son of God. And we understand that it was a virgin birth. And we went through all those things. But in the natural, if you look at the situation there, it was very messy. They were he was born in a stable. It's not the kind of stable that we put up here on Sunday mornings. You know, sometimes we build the stable here and we have some hay and we have little kids holding little plastic lambs and everybody, you know, it's not that. This is full of muck, manure, all kinds of stuff. They've been traveling all this distance. They were coming back for the census and with census came taxation. So not only were they traveling with their family, how many of you have traveled with your family? That's always a joy, isn't it? As you get in your car and you begin to drive wherever it is, there's never a problem there. It's just a wonderful night. They were probably singing carols that hadn't even been existed yet as they traveled with their donkey, you know, la la la, she's pregnant on a donkey. Okay. It's hard enough to get the pregnant lady to the hospital in the car. She, she's just hopping along on the animal. I'm sure they're just having a great time. Nobody's upset. Nobody's complaining. It's probably just a wonderful time. Then they get there and there's no room for them. And they said, oh, but here's my confirmation number. I got it on orbits. I'm fine. There should be a room for me. Well, we're overbooked, ma'am. I'm sorry. Well, I should get a credit voucher. No credit vouchers. You're going to have to go get in the stable. And so they went in the stable. And by the way, is she your wife? Um, not really, kind of, but she has a baby. 
Yeah, well, I, I can't explain that now, but it's, it's complicated. See, so all of this stuff is going on. That's a mess. Now, you know people who are living in, in that kind of situation. You know, we're going through that. We see that all the time. That in the middle of all of that that was happening, Jesus... See, the sacrifice that was going to bring salvation to the world and save us from our sins to take us out of our mess. Jesus was born into that mess that day, not just in the world as we talked about before, but now into a stable that was a mess. He came to save his people from their sins. What would we do? Where would we be without him? See, sometimes I think we forget about the mess we were. You know, we were all in our own way, some type of a wreck. John the Baptist came and he understood. And John in chapter one, he was just not crying out. He was crying out, prepare the way of the Lord. But he was crying out and he said, hey, here comes Jesus. In John 1 29, he was talking, he was sharing and he was talking about, about the fact that Jesus was going to come and he was going to be there. Then he looks up and he sees Jesus and he says these very words, behold, the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That he came for a purpose, and that purpose was to take the sin away and give us an opportunity. To get us and take us from our mess and into his goodness. And you may look around and say, well, I've still got some messes going on. But you've got to understand, he was the God of that mess. He's the God of this mess. He's the God of the next mess. He's the God of the next opportunity. See, we want to clean ourselves up because we don't want to be in that same situation. Too many people don't come to Christ because their life is a mess. That's exactly when you need to come to Christ. Now, don't leave him when it gets cleaned up. Don't take off when everything becomes better. But I'm telling you what, when you're in the midst of a mess in your life, Jesus Christ is right there with you. He never will leave you. He'll never forsake you. He'll never ditch you. He'll never run off. Even Paul in 1 Timothy, even Paul said really truly that he is the God of salvation. And he, Paul said that he was really, he was the chief sinner. Now think about this because we've done some bad things in our life. You've messed up. I've messed up. We've all made mistakes. He says, and Paul says it to Timothy in verse 15 of chapter 1, this is a faithful saying and a worthy of all, uh, I'm sorry, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of who, he said, I am chief. Now, I know we've done some tough stuff, but nothing like Paul. As you go back and look when he was Saul, called Saul in Acts chapter 8, it says, Saul, he made havoc of the church. You may think your life's a mess because of the stuff going on, but this is a guy who made havoc of the church, entering every house and dragging off men and women, committing them to prison because they believed. That's that's a dude who's a mess, who's lost, who's confused, who doesn't know what's happening, making bad decisions. And so now when he's saved from that situation, when he's brought out of that place and now put into a different light. Now, how many of you know you've been saved from a lot of stuff? You're thankful. We've been taken from a big mess in our life to God's goodness. Now, it's moment by moment, piece by piece. We continue to grow in him and we'll make messes as we go. But realize and understand we're not who we were. That he has changed us and he has fixed us. And thank God he came that day. As a baby in the manger and thank God he grew to the man that he was as he was crucified on that Christ on that cross. He came really truly to bring life into the world to save us of our sins. And he went the entire way and he did it. He didn't stop until it was cleaned up. He didn't stop until it was taken care of. He didn't stop until the plan was fulfilled. Why? Because we were in a mess. 
And just like mamas, they don't go to bed till the mess is cleaned up. I keep trying to get Elizabeth to come to bed a little bit earlier because she comes to bed so late. Now, the other side of this thing is I could probably help her. Let's don't go there. That doesn't, that doesn't fit the message. Let's just stay with this other side of things. Okay, she, she, uh, how you doing? Good to see you. She, she, she stays up late to clean up the mess. She wants to take care of things. She wants everything to be... T- That's what God came. He sent Jesus into this earth. And he stayed here and he was in this earth to clean up the mess. He came on purpose for a purpose. I'm going to show you a video in just a second. But as she gets this ready and, and gets ready to put it up there, in Luke in chapter 4, this is why Jesus came. This is who he was. And this is what he proclaimed. Saying really truly that I'm the fulfillment of the prophecy. The prophecy that was spoken to you by Isaiah. Now, he, you know, this is all in here. And he says, Jesus spoke and said in Luke chapter 4, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of our Lord. Now, I mean, that is, that is good news. Thank God he came to fulfill this word. All of these things... He's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. You can be in a mess. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted in a mess. To proclaim liberty to the captives in a mess. Recovery of sight to the blind in a mess. To set at liberty those who are oppressed in a mess. That was us. Somewhere in there. You may not have been blind physically, but spiritually you were blind. You may have been headed in the wrong direction and oppressed, and somehow he has set you free and he's changed your life. Jesus came into this earth, into a mess, to clean up the mess and to make a difference. I wanted her just to play this for a few minutes. Just watch this and then we'll finish. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, son. She wrapped him in cloths and she laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. God had this messy plan, a plan to save the world. And to do that, he was going to send his son. Where does the God of the universe send his son? Where, where, where does the King of Kings and Lord of Lords come? To a barn, a stable, a, a manger of all places. Certainly no place fit for a king. But then again, this wasn't any ordinary king. When I say it was messy, I mean messy. It was a barn, a stable, right? So you've got animals and animal stuff, manure, mud, a pitiful place for people much less a place for the king of kings to be born? Why would God do that? Well, I can't tell you for sure. Because Isaiah explains to us that his thoughts are not our thoughts and his ways are not our ways. But that same prophet, 400 years before Jesus was born, said, all we like sheep have gone astray, each of us to our own way that he has laid our iniquities on him. You see, Jesus came to a messy place. Oh, yeah, a barn, a manger, that's messy. But he came to a messy world. Why? Because the shepherd was coming to take care of the sheep, 
to prepare a way for them to go home. That's what a shepherd does. He lives where the sheep are. He sleeps where they sleep. He eats where they eat. They got Jesus in trouble. Why did Jesus eat with sinners? Because that's what the shepherd does. An angel appeared to the shepherds in the field and said, This will be a sign to you. You will find the babe wrapped in cloths and laying in a manger. A sign. You ever wondered what that sign was? A sign for what? Maybe a sign that Jesus is accessible to everyone. A sign that the God who owns the cattle on a thousand hills can relate to a homeless person. Because Jesus never had a home. Never had a place to rest his head. Maybe it was a sign that God would have nothing to do with the social status of mankind. A sign that he detests the splendor of humans because it's not worthy of him. But it was a sign for us that we should follow suit. In fact, the Apostle Paul later on would write, we should have the same attitude as Christ Jesus. Although he was the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but that he made himself nothing, becoming a servant, being made in human likeness. A servant. You see, being a servant is, is messy. And Jesus set this incredible example for us. I mean, he got down on his knees and he washed feet. The God of the universe. The God who deserved the best of everything. God on his knees. He's the God who came to the world and was laid in a manger, a feed trough of all places. Why such a messy place? Because he was following a messy plan. So needless to say, that very first Christmas was dirty. It was grimy. It was, it was filthy. <laughs> but thank God it was. Because without it, what a mess we'd be in. Amen. A messy plan for a messy group of folks. But thanks God, thank God we're clean. You know, it says in Isaiah in chapter 1, it's verse 18, and we usually concentrate and talk about Isaiah 119. It says, you know, uh, if you're willing and obedient, you eat the good of the land. But in verse 1, it, verse 18 of chapter 1, it says that though your sins are of scarlet, I will make them or they will become as what? White as snow. That we won't be in a place of a mess, that we won't be dirty. It actually says that he takes off our garments and that we put on his. We put on his robe of righteousness as we become saved as our life changes and as he takes us begins to take us out of our mess to where he has for us to go you know he made reference of it it's mark in chapter 2 it's in cha chapter 2 verse 13 and it's just jesus and he's sitting and and i think he took some heat jesus took heat but he says in this particular passage i didn't come for those who don't need any help now we all need help Basically, what he was doing was kind of slapping the Pharisees and the Sadducees around a little bit. If you think you understand and you think you know it so much, then you, of course, have no, no, no need for me. I've come for those who have need. Now, that wasn't exactly his wording and what he said. But it says, and when the scribes and the Pharisees saw him eating with the tax collectors and the sinners, how dare he? See, the tax collectors and the sinners were the scum of the earth and the lowest of the low. In their eyes. 
He says, how is it that he eats and drinks with tax collectors and sinners? And Jesus, he heard them and he said to them, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. You know, he came into this earth to make a difference for you and for me. He went where we were. He did what we did. He walked where we walked. He shared his love and he shared his joy and he shared his light and he shared and gave his life everywhere that he went. He didn't hold it and reserve it for the elite. He didn't hold it and reserve it for the elect, although it's there for the elite and it was there for the elect. He came into this earth to take care of sin. He take to take care of us in our mess and change our life forever. And how many of you are glad that he did? You know, it says in Luke and we'll finish in this 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 particular chapter of Luke, it's verse, it's chapter 15. And this is the story as we go. And then we'll go through a couple of these stories as we finish. But it says in, in Luke in chapter 15 in verse one, it's the story of the lost sheep. And, you know, I, I like what, what he says in that video, because it goes along with the things that we've been talking about. Not only did he come into this earth to save us, to make a difference and to take us out of our mess, he encouraged us and he commanded us and he gave us a commission to go out and to do the same. Now, don't say, yeehaw, I'm going back into the bars with all my old friends. I'm going to go get them saved. Careful. Bad company corrupts good morals. Be led by the spirit of God. But what it does say is that we don't walk with our nose up in the air. It says we walk truly in humility, understanding that it's Christ who's made the difference in our life. As we've talked about all of these weeks, holding our light up as we go so that good men see our works, not so they don't praise us for all of our good works. It's so that they see the glory of God in our life and his goodness. And it draws them to him. The things that we do in this earth draw men. And in turn, we turn them to God. Because he really, truly is the reason we are today who we are. And many of us are like this, and you may be like this person here as we read. It says, then all the tax collectors and the sinners, again, see in Luke chapter 15, all the tax collectors and the sinners, it said, drew near to him to hear what he had to say. As we shared when we talked about light a couple weeks ago, we said, when you turn on your light, why is it that all the bugs come to you? Why do you end up with all the people who got problems? Why do you end up with people? You say, God, send me some people in my life to disciple. And he sends us people who are messed up. Why didn't he send me somebody that knows what's going on and we could just be like iron sharpening iron and I can encourage you and you can encourage me and see what we're looking for is somebody for us to lean on. But God brings us truly people like this lost sheep. This is a story about Jesus. It says the Pharisees and the scribes, they were complaining. This man received sinners and eats with them. Same kind of deal, same kind of story. But he spoke to them and said, what man of you having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the ninety nine in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it. And when he is founded, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And then he comes home. He calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep, which was lost. I say to you that likewise, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety nine just persons who heed or take no repentance. You know, all he's saying and all he's sharing with us in that moment is go after the lost sheep. 
See, he came as the shepherd. He came as the servant. He washed feet. He went after the lost sheep. He stayed behind and prayed for those who were sick. He gave his life for each one of us. He poured it out as he lived it on this earth. When he died on that cross, he gave everything that he had and then just commissioned us, just asked us and told us, would you please just go and make disciples? See, if we want to honor Christ in this Christmas and what it means in the baby being born in that manger, then we pick up our cross and we follow him. And go after the lost sheep. We were lost at one point in our life. You may be here today and you may be saying, I, 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 I don't know really quite what you're talking about. Well, maybe you're lost in your life. See, but Jesus came for each one of us and he came for you. This says that he would have died on the cross for each one of us individually. It doesn't say that he did it for the mass. And if only 5,000 people got saved, that's all that made it good. He said, I went after the one. In your life, go after the one. In your life, open up your heart to the one. Jesus sat with tax collectors and sinners. And as he broke bread with them, and as he shared with them, he poured himself out into each one. You know, the next one talks about, as you go back through the parable of the lost coin in the same situation. You know, who of you, if you had ten coins and lost one, wouldn't scour the house looking for the one? Why is it? Why is it? What is it about this one? Why one? I got nine more. What's the difference? I got 99 sheep. Who needs one? Because every one is important. Jesus came into this earth, into a mess, in a messy situation with a messy plan, dealing with messy people for the one. And that one was you. And that one was me, and it was you, and you, and he tries to reiterate it to the people who he's standing with that day. Everybody's important. Every last person on this earth. Not those who have a lot, not those who don't. You know, he says in that video, he came as a sign and it was a sign that just said, I am here for you as your servant. Not interested in social status. Not interested in the highs and the lows of this life. But interested in bringing people out of a messy situation and into life. The other story as you go is the parable of the lost son. You know, the prodigal son, it says, came to his senses. When did he come to his senses? When he opened up his eyes and he realized his life was a mess. You remember what that's like? That moment that you all of a sudden said, I can't, I can't live like this anymore. It's got to change. Whether somebody was praying with you or you were just standing in a place or whether somebody was talking to you at your house or if you were in church or wherever that place was, whatever that moment was, you remember that moment when you came to your senses and said, this is a, man, my life is a mess. I need help. This young man had taken everything. He was a child of a very rich landowner. He had everything. And the, 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 he got his inheritance handed to him while his father was still alive. A huge chunk, a huge sum. And he said, I want my own because I'm going to go do my own thing. And off he went. And I said, the landowner was generous, gave it to him and sent him on his way. And I said, he squandered all that he had. Basically what happened was he lived his life and he ran out. If you don't have Jesus Christ alive on the inside of you, if you're not living by his word and in his goodness and in his grace and through his mercy, if you're not living that way, eventually your life will begin to drain out of you. 
And you may not lose everything. You may not be just just destitute. You may not find yourself on the side of the road. You may not, like this young man, find yourself in a pig pen. But boy, we feel like it. Like the whole world is on on our shoulders, just, just crushing us in the place that we are. Jesus says that I came for that kid. I came for that one. If that's you today, he came for you. If you know somebody like that, he came for that person. And it says this young man looked around and saw that he was feeding the pigs all of these pods in this slop. And he said, you know what? I'm so hungry in my, I could eat what they're, I don't have anything. Even the servants in my father's house have more than this. Now get this, because this is the greatest part of this particular story. Because many of us come to Christ and we say, you know what? My life's a wreck. It's a mess. If you'll just, if you'll just fix that part of it and you'll just, you'll just make my life be okay. And I know that I'm going to go be with you in heaven. Then that's fantastic. I'll be happy. I will come back. Like this boy said, I'm going to go back to my father's house because the servants have it better there. And I will just tell my dad, I'll just be a servant. I don't deserve to be your son. My life is such a mess that I don't even, I don't even deserve to be your, to be your son anymore. I'll just be a servant. But as he turned and as he came home to tell his father that, his father threw open his hands and he said, my son is coming home. And he told everybody, kill the fatted calf. Let's have a party. My boy is back. And he came back lowly in heart and saying, God, you know, father, I just want to be a servant. He said, you're not a servant. You're my son. Put the ring back on his finger, brought him right back into the same right standing he had before he left, put his arms around him and rejoiced that his son had found life. Don't come back to Christ. Don't come to Christ thinking you're just going to be a servant. Realize and understand that he will take you out of that mess and you won't even smell like it anymore. He will take you out and he will will change everything about you. And he says, I know you just deserve to be a servant. You don't even deserve to be that. But I love you so much and I gave my son to correct all of that stuff. I sent him into this earth, into a mess. Not just in a stable, but a messy world and messy situations to deal with messy people. And what he does is he cleans up the mess in your life. That's what Christmas is. Jesus Christ coming into this world to clean up our mess and to save us from our sins. Is that good news today? Amen. Let's stand up together.